This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Uh, but off the top in this hour, though, an interesting conversation about journalists and the importance of employers, especially at publicly funded institutions supporting journalists. Now, look, I mean, and certainly here, and it's, it's a great place to work. We've got a lot of leeway to talk about important and even controversial things. And we know where the lines are, right? I mean, the company's pretty clear about all of that. And that's understandable. So obviously, if we go outside those lines, if we're saying or doing something that goes against what the company stands for, goes against these kinds of parameters, makes the company look bad, well, then they've got cause to say, you know what, we don't want to associate with you anymore. But just having an opinion on an issue, right? That, I mean, that shouldn't be enough to trigger something like that. So we've had a lot of conversation recently about a delicate and controversial issue, cultural appropriation. What that is, what it means, should we be worried about it? What is it? All of this stuff. Now, it started with a controversy at Wright Magazine, the in-house magazine of the National Writers Union, led to their editor-in-chief being dismissed led to the resignation of the editor-in-chief at Walrus Magazine, and led to the demotion of Steve Laterante, who's an editor uh, at CBC, at the CBC National. All because people had opinions on this. Now, you can disagree with those opinions. They didn't seem to be outside the bounds of any kind of normal, legitimate political discourse. piece in the Financial Post today about all of this uh, from uh, labor lawyer Howard Levitt. Headline, if I were Steve Laterante's lawyer, I'd advise him to sue the CBC for constructive dismissal. So I wanted to explore some of these uh, legal issues in a little more detail. Howard Levitt is a senior partner at Levitt LLP, the author of The Law of Dismissal for Human Resource Professionals. Uh, Howard, great to have you with us here today. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, you know, when we look specifically at Steve Laterante's case, what, what stood out to you about what happened there at the CBC? It was actually pretty shocking. He expressed as a journalist should that this is a reasonable debate the parties could be having. As a result, they sent him essentially what sounds to me like a Maoist re-education camp. Compulsory training, compulsory learning of Aboriginal cultures, uh, a demotion from his job for saying it's okay to have a debate. Right. It's, quite, it's, it's really shocking. First of all, the demotion is shocking, and that's a constructive dismissal in law, allowing him to resign his position and sue. But secondly, saying you have to take forced re-education to stay here at all, uh, in an area where there aren't even any advanced rules, there's no policy he breached, there's no order he didn't follow, he just did what good any good inquiring journalist, as you know, does, which is say, let's have a debate, let's ask questions, let's talk about it. There's two sides of the story. He didn't even take a side. So you think maybe even the CBC might have acted uh, inappropriately here? I think they acted entirely inappropriately. Well, let's establish where those lines are, because as you point out in your piece, that news organizations uh, can certainly have an editorial stance. Uh, they can hire people who reflect that, that editorial mandate. Uh, so where, where's the line when it comes to the opinions of journalists? 
Well, they have to, first of all, enunciate what the lines are. If they, For example, years ago, I worked for the Toronto Star as, a, as an external columnist. I now have my column in the Post. And I was bashing unions repeatedly, and they said, look, the Globe and Mail wouldn't allow Michelle Landsberg to, to write there. We won't allow you to write here to keep bashing unions. It doesn't reflect our editorial position. So they gave me fair warning, and then I could decide whether I wanted to continue working for them or not. Fair enough. But if they don't tell them in advance, you can't talk about this, then they don't have the right to suddenly create new edicts as, they, as, as events transpire without being liable. You're right, it's fair game, and that's the other issue. It's fair game to have an editorial position. It's quite another thing for publicly funded institutions like the CBC to enforce a hierarchy, an orthodox hierarchy of views, and that's what's happening here. It's publicly funded institutions using our taxpayer dollars to, to enforce an orthodoxy and then punish people for breaking it. Now, if an employee or even a journalist were to do something, for example, that, that was obviously and blatantly racist to, to demote that person, to require them to undergo some kind of education or sensitivity training, that, that that would be fair game, do you think? That's illegal. That's a violation of human rights code. Right. They, could get, they could be in trouble for doing it. The paper could be in trouble or the radio station could be in trouble for violating the human rights code by making racist statements. They, they'd be good journalists. There could be uh, complaints to the, I don't know what's called the Journalism Council. You know better than I would, but what the, what the name of that august body is. But they'd be in legal and regulatory liability. That's fair, and that has to be stopped. But here we're simply talking about whether or not a writer living in Canada who's a white middle-aged male and knows their particular perspective, can learn from other cultures and appropriate those cultures in their own voice. And a lot of the great literature has been created by essentially using the voices of other cultures and broadening your own perspective. Nothing wrong with that. To say that that's legitimate, that's grounds for dismissal, that's grounds for demotion, that's grounds for forced re-education and training. He didn't make a racist comment. Well, does it come in down? In this case, in Laurentiet's case, he simply said it's a legitimate debate to have. Does it come down to who defines what's racist? I think there are those who feel that anybody even remotely defending one side of this argument is racist. So who gets to decide that? Well, ultimately, the Human Rights Commission, if there's going to be that kind of a debate. But no one is suggesting that he said anything that's racist. What they said is it's culturally insensitive to talk about appropriating other cultures. That's a long way from being racist, and the definition of racism is reasonably clear. It's, just, it's expressing hate or adverse consequence to someone based on their race. Right. And I mean, we, we've talked about other cases before, right? And I mean, you, you noted in your piece there was, you know, the case of these individuals who were running up to journalists on camera saying something really offensive. Misogynistic, uh, yeah. obscene commentary, yes. So that stuff's pretty clear cut then. Well, that is very clear-cut. That's also, it's, it's uh, anti-female in that case, so as well as being obscene on camera. So it, again, breaches most journalist codes, and in terms of, if a journalist were to say that, and we're talking there about a member of the public screaming that into the camera, arguing that was a criminal offense, and I think the police were, I don't know if they, the charges were laid, but the person lost their job for doing that on camera, embarrassing the company Hydro One that they worked for. But that's pretty clear-cut. That goes beyond any standard. Here we're talking about journalists having debate about issues that are at, at best cultural mm -hmm. and at least just intellectual inquiry. 
look at all the authors, journalists who have appropriated, and that's, of course, the term of the other side of the debate, that have used the voices of other cultures to broaden their own appeal. Most good authors have. So in, in an instance like this, we're talking about the needs of journalists, the importance of having journalists willing to ruffle feathers and willing to be provocative. And, and that's something we need to value. I, I think that's right. But interestingly here, I don't know that he even thought he was being particularly provocative. Yeah, that's true. You know, it, was, it was a pretty mainstream debate, except the force of political correctness in our society decided to use as an example to push their worldview even more extremely and vehemently in the same way the kids on campuses these days are shouting down any support for Israel or are pushing, an, in my view, an anti-Semitic agenda, are talking about boycotts of the only country in the Middle East that's democratic, and they're shouting down other opposition, or shouting down people who believe in um, or are against abortion. They don't have a chance, or their material is getting ripped up. Whatever side you take of the debate, at least it's something that people should be allowed to have. So if the CBC, or even, you know, my employer here, if they were to come to, to Steve or come to me and say, you know, Rob, Steve, maybe we didn't make it clear before, look, we'd prefer that you not wade into these issues, or, you know, the, the, the opinion you expressed is, is counter to our own opinion, we'd prefer if you not be out there expressing that publicly. So now you know going forward, let's not let it happen again. Would that be fair game? Well, I think it depends. If you were told that working for Chorus... Course is a private company. They're, in my view, allowed to have, support a candidate in the election. They're allowed to have the opinion that they, because they own the station. And at the end of the day, the only consequence of them is shareholder value. Right. It's unless, of course, you are hired on the basis they are able to express broad, um, dissident opinions, and that's the basis of your employment contract. In which case, suppressing that would be a constructive dismissal. Again, it depends on the basis and the terms of your employment. But I think it's different for public institutions like the University of Toronto or suppressing Dr. Jordan Peterson from refusing to use words for people who are neither male or female or the CBC repressing the Stephen Lettering tie or Writer Magazine, which is also taxpayer-funded, forcing the, its editor-in-chief to resign, or the pressure on Jonathan Kay at the Walrus for, again, engaging that debate. That's a different thing, because they're using public funds for their own political view, and that's not on. Yeah, an important issue. Howard, uh, we'll leave it there. Thanks so much for making some time for us Anytime. here today. Appreciate Thanks. It. Good talking. Bye-bye. All right, there you go. That's Howard Levitt, senior partner at Levitt LLP. You can find his uh, piece up today at financialpost.com. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about the scary incident yesterday on the Deerfoot paramedics responding to a crash, crashed at snarled traffic at the height of rush hour, all of a sudden found themselves in danger. One paramedic rushed to hospital uh, with serious injuries, non-life-threatening, though. We're going to hear from the head of the union representing paramedics, uh, what their concerns are about these kinds of situations, maybe what could be done to mitigate the danger. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.